0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the WIM podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing is a first of its kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing and get real about women in business. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim double I, Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the pod. This week is an interesting episode, kind of unexpected trans Transparently speaking, I just intended to kind of chat with Nate. We were put in touch by like mutual friends. He is someone that was sort of wrapped up in the Carter agency story, which is still very much developing. We tried to cover it as much as we can on our social platform. So if you're not following us, it's mostly on Instagram and TikTok that we're trying to share updates and videos and just like track this and to level set some of you might be wondering why do you seem like a dog with a bone about this story and I'll be honest with you there are a few reasons actually which is probably why I'm like really intrigued by the like horrific nature of the story number one I've been manipulated and scammed before, you know, gone through my own traumatic experiences and a lot of the actions that I've heard from people and the mistreatment really hits close to home in my own way that I can associate with it. So I just really feel for everyone who's involved. But the other thing is that like my entryway point into influencer marketing was talent management. That's how I started in this industry, I worked for a management company and then I went off on my own and started my own agency. And now I coach talent managers. And like, I have just befriended so many people. It's personal to me. Like that's my lane in influencer marketing. And so to see the stories that are coming out in terms of like, The Carter agency and Malibu Marketing Group, and the insanity around it, it just makes everyone who's been working their ass off for so many fucking years look really, really bad. And I feel like managers were already fighting an uphill battle because managers are like synonymous with lawyers. Like everyone's like, ugh, a lawyer. You know, there's like this negative connotation. And in some way, shape, or form, like, I get it. I understand it. You know, like they're very money driven and to a lot of people that's uncomfortable. For me, I think people should be unapologetic for wanting to do well for themselves and create more options in their life. And money is just a very tricky topic. Anyways, all that to say, I understand why people have been hesitant about working with a manager. I've heard pushback during all the pitches that I made over my career, when I was trying to pitch an influencer, I would say like one out of every five would be like, girl, like I like you and all, but I had a bad experience with management. Like I'm going to have to really think about this. I would just hear it all the time. It is an uphill battle, but so this is nothing new. So then when I got wind of the Carter Agency and all of the insanity that's been happening around there. It's taken every malicious thing I can imagine to the 10th degree. And I think it's incredibly important for the future of our industry to share these stories for multiple reasons. One, perhaps someone can avoid going through this themselves because you can learn what to look for. That's huge. In of itself, if that's the only thing that we can accomplish by getting these stories out, then fantastic. But other than that, like, you know, there's been a lot of talk about like standardization and I have mixed feelings about that, which I won't get into in this conversation, but I do think that education and awareness and being cognizant and intelligently, you know, aware of, you know, what to look out for in terms of business partnerships and agreements and just influencer marketing broadly. And, you know, some of the pitfalls and some of the things that can go awry. I think like that's freaking why we have WIM. Like that is the reason we even have this community and this podcast in the first place. So I hope that answers why I kind of seem a little obsessed with the story. And I've also personally kind of become friendly with Nikkei and just really see what she's been going through since she was on our podcast a few weeks ago. And I'm her number one cheerleader. I think she's fucking awesome. And we're sort of partnering on, like, just having, hopefully, some justice to the story. It'll help human beings, and it'll help our industry. And there's nothing more that I would want. So with all that being said, we have a very good episode for you today with Nathan of It's Nate. He has an awesome TikTok account that I checked out. He commented on some of our videos, just saying that he had gone through this experience himself. I then spoke with him. I then spoke with his other friend, Steven who we shared a little snippet of our conversation on our Instagram the other day. Steven, not Nate, but Steven was a person who created the TikTok account and the Instagram account, Carter Agency LLC, that... The only content on it says Carter Agency is a scam. And that was in January of 2021 that those were posted. So Nathan, that we're going to be speaking with today, was also one of the Carter Agency's very first clients. And the story is very similar. And so this is just to show everyone how far back the story goes How much money is at stake? I mean, my estimation, millions, easily millions of dollars have been stolen from influencers. And Nathan, unfortunately, was part of it. So, without further ado, this is Nate's story. When did you, like, kind of get started online, doing, yeah. like, posting? Like,
1: 2019, you know, it was when I was still in the Army. I, like, was trying out for ranger school, and after I'd got a slot, you know, broke my leg just by working out. And then they took the slot, and so I was kind of held over for two weeks mm-hmm. and finished the schooling. You know, all my other classmates had moved on to their duty stations, and I was stuck in this hotel, and I was like, oh, man, I'm really bored. And so, you know, this is the time when TikTok was you know, not something you had. It was kind of like one of those embarrassing things to have because all it was, thinking and dancing, that's it. And it was mainly just girls. So like dudes, you weren't caught dead having, but I was like, man, I'm so bored that I'm just gonna start just making videos because it's just something to pass the time and then just started it. And then obviously as like TikTok evolved, I was like, you know, oh, you can do different things. And I started doing like comedy stuff and it was like sprinkling workout stuff. And then now it's, you know, I have relationship stuff. I've kind of like based it off of, my life. But yeah, it was just started because out of boredom. And I was like, well, man, I like making videos. It's a nice little outlet, little hobby and stuff. And I just kept doing it every single day. And then, you know, over three years later, now here we are. So,
0: and so, like, I mean, we're going back about how many years? Like, what year would you say that you like first came into contact with Josh Popkin of the Carter yeah, Agency?
1: It was. I want to say, like, halfway through 2020. Later on, I could 100%, I think, give you actual dates and stuff. Probably halfway through 2020, and that was when I... I think I had, like, a million, 1.5 million. So now was at the point where, you know, in Georgia... You know, I'm not living in L.A. All those people have the kind of the privilege of... Everyone knows each other. The contacts are there. So for companies or business or management, it's all there. I'm the only person in Georgia doing this stuff now. I'm the only person in Kansas. So, like, I'm still completely removed from all that. And so, you know, I get this dude coming up, you know, hey, man, you know, I've seen your stuff. I like your content. Have you ever thought about management? Because I'm not in that scene, I don't have people tell me what to watch out for, what's good or bad or kind of what's a scam. So, you know, I'm a person who, very naive on the social media stuff. I'm just making videos for fun. Got a decent following. And I have a guy saying he wants to be my manager to help me make money and stuff. I'm like, oh, this is a great deal. Like, absolutely. I had, you know, full trust and, you know, like I said, very naive and fully trusted that these people would have your best interests. I didn't know that people scammed you. I just, you know, for some reason, I guess I thought everything was regulated, I guess. So, you know, he comes to me saying he can help me make money and get me in contact with brands and deals and stuff. And I'm like, man, well, I can't do that. And I'm still doing it just for fun. Like I'm still in the army at this time. So like, this is just a side thing. If I can make some good money off of it, I'm down. Absolutely. So, you know, I started talking with him and then signed the first contract with stuff with him and then I think he only had a couple people so when me and Steven first started we were some of the very very first people with him and then I didn't do like a crazy amount of deals with them. you know I don't do just a crazy amount of deals in general but I did a few and I had I did like Manscaped I did this one like Bluetooth portable speaker thing that would like shoot out fire cool thing I did bang I did what do you mean there was some like big stuff in there and so you know but the issue was that since I was so disconnected from these brands and everything like that I didn't know how much I was worth you know I'm not sure how much a brand deal was supposed to be worth so I'm thinking you know oh 500 bucks for a video well that's that's 500 bucks more than I had before that seems like a steal sick you know so the way it was kind of structured was that he would have the business email and only he would have access to it and at the time I didn't think that was weird or anything i'm just thinking oh the manager's reaching out to these deals and then you know who get the deal and then tell me what to do and i'll get the money and then that's it and then it originally started i think kind of the standard 20 percent he would take kind of the manager fee and stuff you know granted that's what he said and i think the very like first deal i think was probably that where it wasn't scammy and then that might have been some Manscape deal or something. So I remember getting like 1,500 bucks or something. And I'm thinking like, all right, you know, a million-ish followers, if they were offering to pay like 2,000 or something, the math kind of checks out or whatever. Granted, I, I don't know because I never saw the whole thing. You know, like I said, he would just tell me what the brand was going to pay me and then what I would have to do to get it. And then at this time, he had switched to where he was saying like, hey, we're going to be running ourselves different from other management companies. It's going to be in your best interest to where you actually get all the money we're just going to charge a small finder's fee because you know we're doing well and we don't need to take a lot of money from you and once again you know i'm naive i don't think that's weird all i hear is you know i get to keep more of the money that sounds pretty cool and so they just said in the contract it just said finder's fee obviously finder's fee turns out it was almost the whole entire thing right and so i remember doing like said you know he would just tell me you know, hey do these videos here's $600 or something or like $400. And then, you know, at that point I was like, that seems kind of, you know, low, but I didn't suspect anything had the bang deal. And I didn't know this at the time, but after talk with people throughout the years, I know the bang deals are like very lucrative, especially usually they're like getting you out for a year. They can range from 50 to hundred grand as like a year contract and stuff. So you're thinking multiple, especially if it's a hundred grand a year, you're thinking, you know, seven. 8k a month and I remember I would be doing eight videos a month and be getting paid only a couple hundred dollars and stuff but you know once again didn't know I was getting free energy drinks and getting a couple hundred dollars so I didn't think anything was weird and stuff and then it was kind of that same story of where the prices were low but I just didn't realize it at the time and let's say obviously looking back on it it's you know he probably took 90 percent of the money and that was when Steven came to me. And obviously he, he, at the time he was more well-versed in like what things should look like and what costs should be and stuff. He's like, hey man, I think we're getting scammed. And I was like, like really? I was like, man, like, you know, I'm getting deals, I guess. You know, like, do you really think so? He's like, yeah. He's like, so kind of, like I said, the way that worked was that you would have that one email. Only he would have access to it. The companies would email that email. It'd be like, you know, Nathan at carteragency.com or whatever the email was or whatever. And then they'd email that. And then he would email me or text me like what it was. And then I would just, you know, stream of course, send the videos to him and stuff. And Steven was like, yeah, man, like I did this one deal and I forget the exact numbers, but it was like the company accidentally emailed my personal email because I had that in my bio. And then they had said something along the lines of, like, hey, we can do this deal for, you know, we'll just say like $3,000. We'll just say that's what it was. Then you get an email from, you know, Carter agency, like Ben and Joshi, saying like, hey, here's this company, obviously the same company that I just sent the email, here's this company, the deal is you're gonna get like 500 or 1,000 or whatever it was. It was obviously way, 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 way less than that. And then Steven you know, was able to put two and two together being like, hey, I have the actual company saying you know, this number, I have you guys saying this number, obviously there's discrepancy, there's money missing, what's going on? So then pretty sure he emailed back that company and, you know, was asking what's going on. And then, you know, that's when he confirmed that like, you know, hey, that was the price you should have gotten. That's when he warmed me and he was like, hey, Nathan, if I were you, I would check with one of the companies you had worked with just to see like, you know, how much should you have gotten paid? So I was like, oh man. So, and I have screenshots of this idea. It was that Bluetooth speaker, like I said, it was a big old, like you can spit up fire, you know, music, it's a cool thing. And I think I went through my PayPal, figured out how much I had actually got. And then, and it was like 460 bucks. I remember doing two videos for it. It was like 460 bucks. And then so I DM that company and I was like, you know, hey man, I'm having trouble with my manager. I just want to check out something. How much did you pay me for those deals? And they were like, yeah, we paid you two grand or 1800 or something. And I was like, hey, you know, I only got paid this much. I showed him the screenshot and they were telling me they're like, yeah, you know, he's pushed a couple like influencers that he had been managing through us to you know, to work with us, and it seems, and they've complained too, and it seems like the money's not reaching the town. And you know, he's like, we can you know ensure the deal we agreed on was you know eighteen hundred or whatever. And if you didn't get the money, that means he has it, you know. And the company was like, you know, they were super nice, but they're saying, you know, hey, it sucks for you guys because when they were talking to us, they were super, super inappropriate, super aggressive, super childish, like not good people to work with. And he's like, it stinks because. That's a reflection on you as the influencer with brands because they're representing you. And they were saying like, you know, if you ever move away from them, we love to work with you, but we just will never work with you again while you're under him solely because the manager was so bad. And I was like, oh man, you know, like that's a shock. And that's when I was realizing I was like, oh man, Steven's right. We are getting scammed. That was just on one deal. And then I was thinking, you know, hey, what about all the other ones? What about the bang? You know, I'm only getting paid a couple hundred, I think it might have been 300, 400 bucks a month. You know, if I had, what, like a million and a half, two million at that time, like, even if on the low end, for sure, could have done a 50 grand year, at least, you know, we'll just say, I think I said, that they got like 400, 400 times 12 is, is what, 4,800, man, they almost stole $45,000. That's what the deal was, which it should have been at the very least, you know, that's a big chunk. And I was like, oh man, every single deal has probably been like that.
0: Question for you. This is yeah. really helpful to hear all of this. So thank you. Contracts. Yeah. So you signed a contract with the Carter agency, yeah. and do you happen to still have that contract? By the I, way,
1: I have the email. I need to see if I can access it. so i I'm not sure if it was out that, like, you know, doc you sign. I need to see if I can still access. I'm pretty sure I can. Cause I'm pretty sure I saved it to my computer. So
0: curious how it compares because i have another contract that was yeah. sent to me as well i'm working my way through it today i just yeah. got it yesterday like that one's like a 10 page contract and i'm like halfway through it i'm just trying to read everything throughout yeah. the day i'm just curious how it compares but you remember saying like an obscure finders fee it was feed. finders
1: that was the wording that they used was finders fee that's in one of the red flags Stephen had messaged me because he's like, Yeah, like, I'm not sure if it's illegal, but it's very frowned upon to take more than, you know, 30%. I mean, that's a lot, like 20%, 15% is kind of the, the standard. Anything more than that, you know, I'm pretty sure in some places it's legal. So he was telling me, you know, after we had discovered, like, man, we're getting money robbed from us, he's like, Man, maybe that's, they think they got a loophole by saying finder's fee. And since they didn't establish what finder's fee meant, that meant they could, you know, they thought they could take, as much as they want, I guess, until people found out.
0: You know, so the contract says one thing. Before you signed it, did you ask any questions? At least, did you really read monthly through it? Did you ask any questions? At the time,
1: super naive how this stuff worked, And no one told me, so I skimmed through it and I was, you know, all right. In the contract, it says this manager will work out deals and get me deals and here's the flow of it. I make the videos and, you know, they're going to take a cut and I'm thinking, all right, yeah, I guess that's how it works. You know, I don't have experience that. It makes sense, I guess. And, you know, Hey, if you violate, you know, the basic things, then the contract becomes null. And, you know, there's some legal action. If you, you know, it was a very basic contract besides that, like finder's fee, you know, obviously if it was, you know, you talk, crazy bad, you know, you do some crazy stuff or whatever, then you can get dropped and have to pay back money or, or whatever, you know, just very basic stuff was kind of the contract. Like I said, I can definitely see if I can get into it and then, uh, email to you so you can see kind of how it compares to that one, one you have.
0: Yeah. I would appreciate that. It would be helpful to see, yeah. but okay. So like, you know, you sign the contract, it's not, Clear because it just yeah. says finder's fee, which that could literally mean a hundred percent, and they would be entitled to it because it's not defined. Yep. But what was your understanding just between you and him? Because you talked originally about the first deal, which your understanding was 20%. The
1: very, very first one. And then I remember like six months in, they had changed it to this finder fee. But the first one was like 20%. And what I'm assuming because I knew they were a new agency because they had told me, they're like, hey, you know, this is me my brother. My brother was, you know, an influencer. You know, it turns out that he's the Joshi dude that got sued by New York. But, you know, I didn't really know that. And so he was like, hey, we're a new agency. You know, we kind of done what we've done on what we've wanted to do on the influencer side. Now we want to help out other people like you because we've already, you know, quote unquote, made it. I'm assuming, me and Steven, but we were probably, the first of their agency, which is why they did the 20%. And then, like I said, six months later was when they're like, Hey, the way they told it to me was, you know, we're going to rewrite it. It's going to be in your benefit, right? Because we have this finder's fee. It's just going to be like 10% is what they said. Be like said, because we're getting more people under us. So we don't need to take as much from you of the cut. So this is actually going to help you. We're just going to charge a little bit of a finder's fee, but you're going to be able to keep most of the money and this is going to be in your benefit. So once again, I'm thinking, sounds good. Sounds great, right? I get to keep a little bit more of the money. Awesome, man. This dude seems like he's looking out for me, right? So that's kind of how that went down. Definitely preying on the, you know, naiveness of people that are just kind of blowing up and making some sort of an actual, you know, social media presence. They would, you know, nab them. You know, we don't know what's, going on, like I said, you only really know the ins and outs and if you're hanging out with these other influencers and people 24 seven, you're in kind of that scene to where you know what to look out for. So if these guys are hitting people from across the US in different States, you know, they're not gonna, especially people that are just starting to get big. They're not gonna know any difference. So when I hear, you know, finders be a little bit extra money. We're looking out for you. I mean, I have no reason to think that you're actually scamming me, you know, so.
0: Cause it's not human nature to like, assume that someone's scamming you, especially if they're like, they're bringing you things and like you're hearing something totally different. So no, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. And it seems also like in the beginning, things were fine. Like in the beginning, things felt good. yeah. And it seems like it sort of shifted soon after. So not only was he saying that he was gonna change the commission structure, But he was actually telling you that it would be to your benefit. Like he's telling you that he's decided to be so benevolent that he's going to actually take less money because his agency has grown. Is that my understanding?
1: Yeah, yeah. because he was saying essentially, you know, we're getting more people. So the money that we're quote unquote losing by docking how much we're taking per individual talent we're making back because we've expanded, you know? So he's like, hey, this is better for you. We're still making about the same amount of money, but you'll actually be able to keep more. So this is actually for you because, you know, we care about you, we want you to be doing good and stuff. So it's very much a, this is good for you type deal.
0: So I'm curious, I've spoken with countless people at this point. On the influencer side, on the brand and agency side, like all over the place. I don't know if you saw the podcast that I did with Nikkei, but that's going back like a month ago about that we released that. There was an article today that came out. Maybe you saw the Fast Company article that came out today. Um, But I've spoken with so many people and I've heard a lot of, everyone's telling me very similar experiences. So I don't want to like feed you what I'm hearing. I just sort of want to confirm if you also had a similar experience. So when it came to like your interactions with Josh, were you mostly interacting with Josh, with Ben or both? I,
1: I mostly interacted with Ben. And then it was occasionally Josh. And from what I understood, right, you know, hey, this is a two-person team. Ben's got some people he mainly deals with, and Josh has some people he mainly deals with and stuff. And that's kind of the way I understood it. So mostly I spoke with Josh a couple of times. He would, if you know, occasionally reach out. It was weird that for the most part, until we had decided to leave and stuff, or we they caught wind of us thinking about leaving, Ben was kind of the more professional. Nice person, and then Josh was kind of you know for all intents and purposes the asshole, very like immature to where like as naive as I was, I'm thinking like, how are you running a agency? Like you sound like a kid, and you have no clue what you're talking about.
0: Type what, what kind of things would you hear him say?
1: It was just like Ben was saying, you know, like here's the deal. This is what the company requires of you. You know, you're doing good. The company's really enjoying the content. You're killing it, man. You know, if you needed a, you know. Obviously, like I said, still at the Army, this is just a small side thing, you know, hey, maybe I'm not getting the videos in on the exact time he wanted, you know, if he needed them like two weeks ahead of time to give them to the brand, you know, it'd be a, hey, man, I understand you're busy, you know, with your actual job, you know, just get the videos to me when you can, as soon as you can, you know, all right, no big deal, man, appreciate it, versus Josh, you know, hurry the fuck up, you know, very aggressive, you know, just very kind of immature, that seemed like he didn't know what he was doing. I remember them FaceTiming us one time, That's when another kind of like red flag went off, when it was like, they lived in like this really trashy apartment, like really trashy looking. And I was just thinking like, man, if you have all this money that you say you do, you know, you live in a really rundown place. But yeah, it almost seemed kind of like a good cop, bad cop type vibe.
0: So tell me more about that FaceTime, because of all the people that I've spoken with, Very few of them have interacted much with Ben Popkin in particular, and I'd be curious. So the FaceTime, it was with both of them at the same time?
1: So there was both there, yeah. They were just sitting, I think it was just over two years ago or whatever it was, just talking about. It was probably for Bang, honestly, or something, because I know Bang was super strict on the style of content. A lot of other brands kind of give you creative freedom to do whatever. Bang is super strict on, they want you to do this stuff. And I remember having trouble with that because I like, you know, creating my own stuff. I know what works well with my audience. I know it works well with me and stuff. So like, I would give it, you know, do a video. They would originally approve it and then deny it and do this stuff. But pretty sure they were drinking. It just seemed very like two college dudes in a frat house type, type vibe.
0: Do you think they were in the same location, using like one phone or computer, or it was like a three-way call, and they were in two different locations?
1: Yeah, it was one, so I was just FaceTiming Ben, but Joshy was there.
0: Got it. Some people thought that they were the same person. No,
1: no, no that's they had told me they were brothers. Was that like Ben was Joshi's older brother or something like that? So that Got I or two, if I could understand the confusion. Because apparently, like I said, now it's the dude's name's not even Ben, apparently.
0: What is your understanding? I don't
1: know his real name. Nikkei had told me that he had taken his old manager's identity. That manager, the real Benjamin Popkin, is suing for identity fraud. So, But, you know, I didn't know anything of that. I just hear Ben Popkin and Joshi Popkin was what I understood their names were and that they were brothers, so.
0: Yeah, just to tell you, so I spoke with Ben Carter of Josh's former agency, Yeah, Um, we did an interview with him. My impression for what it's worth, because I spoke directly with him, like no one's really convinced that like they're actually trying to like steal this guy's identity. The whole thing came up because I have so much like information, but I have like a couple screenshots from former employees actually who have reached out that showed like a list of all the people who worked for the company. And they had about 10 plus people as of like a month ago. So they had grown pretty significantly since you guys worked together. And we had heard, you know, Josh and Ben and both Popkins, like what are they to each other? And we'd heard all these other names. Jesse Greenspun is one that we had heard later on. But I kept asking myself, I'm like, What's Carter of the Carter Agency? I
1: never knew where the Carter came from, because I always knew, it, like I said, it's Ben and Joshi Popkin.
0: And so, Nikkei and I, we talked for hours about, like, just trying to put all the pieces together, because it's so convoluted that yeah. there's so many twists and turns, so many. And I did a quick Google search of his old social media account, and... Long story long, I found this old BuzzFeed article that covered the story where he did the stupid, like, subway incident with the serial whatever, exactly. And there was a quote in that BuzzFeed article from this guy named Ben Carter of Dulcedo. So Dulcedo is a talent management company. I've known about them for a few years. And I asked Nikkei, I was like, Well, that's interesting. Like, he has the same first name, but, like, Carter. he was, like, represented by this person. Like, I'm gonna reach out to this guy. So I spoke with him, and we published, like, a little bit of our interview on our Instagram, so you can watch it, of course. Like, no one, including him, is convinced that, like, they were trying to, like, steal this guy's identity or anything. But we almost wonder if it was like he like inspired the name in some way. Just like the Carter Agency. Because where else would it come from? It just seems like it doesn't make any sense.
1: No, actually, I was definitely confused on that. Because I was trying to put it and I was just thinking like, oh, you know, people make random company names all the time. Maybe it's just a company. So I was confused. Didn't think too much of it. But I was, yeah, definitely confused on it being like, I thought it'd be, you know, like Popkin Agency or, or something like that. I'm not sure where the Carter came from, but... Maybe, like, these two obviously were the main town heads, but maybe they're the dude who really owns the company is named Carter or something. And that's what I figured or something.
0: And we're sort of like wondering because of the really, really bad press that Josh got from yeah. that subway incident, if he was just really like kind of trying to use a very different name, like putting the Popkins agency might not come over so well yeah. because his name is huh. out there in a bad way.
1: Yeah, but that's going to be the first thing that shows up. Yeah. Is this a real legit agency, popkin agency that's going to show up and people may kind of be steered away? That might be very well what happened too.
0: Yeah, but it's really interesting. You're one of the probably only people that I've spoken with that you're saying that you had a FaceTime with both of them at the same time. And so you feel pretty certain about that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's...
1: Very much like, kind of shocked. For some reason, I figured that you know, all right, this is like I said once again, didn't know how this stuff worked. But talent agency, these dudes are running deals. You know, they're telling me they're working across the clock for us and stuff. I'm thinking they have some sort of office space or they're in an actual office. I know some talent agencies have like actual buildings; they're big enough. Some are just run from the home. You know, so I didn't know what to expect. But I was, just, you know, kind of shocked that I was like, oh, it just seems like a frat house, like two dudes drinking on a couch in a frat house or something like that. So. Kind of taken back on that so
0: yeah and how would you mostly communicate with them like were you like texting calling emailing what the, would you do uh,
1: some calls not that many calls it was only calls were only for like import like I remember him calling me when they were telling me about the new contract that assigned with the finder's fee. And I figured that, you know, all right, that's just a lot of stuff to text back and forth. So he would rather just call and do it, you know, makes sense. But most of it was between email and text. It was pretty much all text. And then the email would be just literally, I searched through my old emails. It was mainly just stuff for the contract, you know, if it was like stuff, attachments, but pretty much everything else was just through text.
0: You still have Ben's number, Ben's phone number?
1: I need to see if I can un block I tried to look for his Instagram because I was like all right I heard that you know he might have deleted everything so after I heard I was like all right I have a lot of messages and stuff I know I do and I tried to go through my block stuff on Instagram and couldn't find his account so I figured he might have taken that down or something but I haven't looked through his or my block stuff on my phone so I probably do I know I have before we left I took screenshots of like when they were like threatening to sue us and stuff like that. So I have screenshots between like Joshy and Ben, like both of them threatening me and stuff. And I know Steven's got that, but I can probably just go through and figure out where the block stuff and unblock it and get his number, honestly.
0: I, other journalists, like have all reached out through email for like a comment and like unsurprisingly, he's not responding. I would love to call them. <laughs>
1: yeah, okay, probably, because there's no way you can delete a number. So as long as I unblock it, I'm pretty sure I can easily just send you the number. I'm not sure what happens to the messages if you block and then unblock, if they all delete or something. But if they don't, I'll have a whole entire track record of every single message and stuff, too. So Wow.
0: That would be amazing. And again, like you mostly were communicating with Ben, right?
1: Yeah. Like I said, it was occasionally Joshie, but it seemed like, yeah, the main person was always Ben. Hey
0: guys, I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. I want to take just a second to invite you to our upcoming L. A experience. You guys, this event is going to be incredible. It has been months in the making and we are having in real life IRL events again. We're getting like pre-pandemic vibes up in here. So I'm so excited to be traveling to LA and many of you guys are too. And of course, those who are local, I'm so excited to see everyone. It's going to be on January 10th, from 6 to 7 p.m. is for members only. From 7 to 9 is for everyone. And you can check out all the details on our website at imwim.com slash events. That's I A M W I I M dot com slash events we're going to be having music and food and drinks and some activities special just for our members i would love to see you and um i hope to see you there got it and so talk to me about the other contracts like besides the agency contract like when you signed with them to be your agent What about the brand contracts? Did you ever sign anything like for each deal?
1: I don't think I ever did. You know, I signed the company contract and then with them. And then it was really just, hey, man, super exciting news. Manscaped wants to work with you. You know, you're going to get a $1,000 from them. Oh, sick. You just got to do this one video. And then you just, you know, send me the video through text. And I'll send it up to them to get approved. And that was kind of the way everything works. So I don't remember signing a single contract. And I already looked through, I already looked through my email and typed in like Ben Popkin, Carter, and the only thing that popped up was the actual like talent contract. And he would have sent me, you know, a contract through an email because I'd be like the only way to do it. So it would have shown up if I had signed an actual company thing, I could not find anything.
0: I heard from a lot of people that he used, like, it's called PandaDocs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Those contracts... Because what I had issues, I mean, that's what I was remembering too. I think he said, I don't think I can go through the link to get it, but I'm pretty sure I saved the contract on my computer. But with PandaDocs, I remember this happening one time, where after like a day or two days or something, the link to the contract that you can sign expires, and the person who initiated it has to give it again. Because I remember, Doing that, where on the new contract, it was around Christmas, where I remember being like home for Christmas. Me had called me and I, you know, was with family and stuff. So I was like, all right, I'll do this after the weekend and tried to get into it and didn't work. And I had to be like, hey, man, it's not working. He just had to send me a new link and stuff. So I think that's probably why they use that too is that, you know, after the time limit, you can't get back into the contract. And if you didn't save it, you can't see what it says.
0: Interesting. There's been allegations that they were forging contracts of years later after you've probably signed a- lots of agreements yeah. since then. And I can only imagine that all of these partnerships two years ago, like, influencer marketing was established enough, like it really wasn't in the early days, meaning that like, there would have been contracts but, and they absolutely, in order to pay somebody would have required a signature to agree to the terms so that they pay you and know that you're going to follow them. Yeah. So you're saying you don't remember signing one brand agreement.
1: Signing, Yeah. I don't remember signing one brand for like the W9, W2 nine, W or W9s or whatever. Obviously I'd have thought of W2 with them and stuff. And this was another reason I have a screenshot of this as well. Sent this to Nikkei. Um, This is another reason, and I was like, you know, this seems like really illegal, was because on that same, like I said, kind of where it all, I just had, you know, foolproof evidence on just, at least just that one brand deal through that one speaker company was because I had the messages of them confirming how much they actually paid me. And then I had, through PayPal, what I got paid. It's a, the tax form you get sent at the end of the year is a W-9, right? Yeah, I got sent a W-9. From that company, right? Which means obviously he had put in some information for me that I didn't. So I get a document in the mail. It's, you know, from whatever the speaker company was with their address. How much money? $1,800. And that's when I was confused because I was like, man, I don't remember getting paid $1,800 on anything. What the hell is going on? Right. And that's when I messaged them. But on the sender's address, it was my physical address, not my name. It was Carter agency LLC, my address. So what they had done to the IRS was say that, hey, this person got the full amount of money. They put Carter agency, sent me it. So I'd have to pay taxes on that full amount on 1800, even though I only got paid 400. And they were able to take what 1200 away from me and not pay taxes on it under the table because they forged a W nine on that. That's when I was like, man, I don't know a whole lot about you know, tax laws or anything, but you can't do that. Seems tax fraudy, is what yes, it is.
0: Absolutely tax yeah. fraud. <laughs>
1: but I have a screenshot of the actual documents. That's when I started taking pictures of stuff, being like, I might need this later and stuff, because that's when me and Stephen were thinking, you know, Stephen was like, hey, I'm going to dip. I suggest you dip with me. He's like, they've been threatening me for like a month now. He's like, they physically cannot do anything because realistically, we now have evidence because you screenshot stuff, and I have that that they stole money. That auto- automatically makes any contract null and void. You stole money, gone. So they can't do anything to say you violated contract. So me and him just stopped answering the calls, and then I guess they assume we're gonna leave. And I have screenshots of this as well. But you know, Ben was you know being like, you know, Nate, you know, you're acting like a fool. This is gonna hurt you in the future. We're gonna take all your money for the next three years. You know, you're gonna be receiving a letter from our attorney tomorrow obviously never received it josh would be like you know hey nathan you're you know a fucking dickhead or whatever and then just saying they're you know threatening me they're going to sue me and all that stuff and right after that i waited for that screenshot it and then blocked them right after and then stephen did the same and obviously nothing happened and that's why i took those screenshots i was like you know worst case scenario if they do try to file something i have screenshots saying they stole money and then physically a IRS legal document showing that I'm getting taxed for this amount under not even my name. It's, it would just show my address with Carter Agency, you know, which obviously is not the address of Carter Agency, that sort of thing. So I knew I was kind of somewhat protected and then blocked them. didn't respond to him, blocked him on everything. And Stephen had been the same and then literally didn't think anything of it for two or so years until, you know, now when it was brought up, like you said before. And I'm like, oh, man, he's been I thought they disappeared. I didn't realize that they've been doing this to hundred whatever hundred fifty other people is what it was over the past couple of years. And I'm like, man, like you know, I know they stole especially through, you know, even just you got to think like Manscape. I have a buddy who had like a million, two million, and I know they paid him like five grand. Man, I probably got paid, quote unquote, paid the same, but I only received like five hundred to a grand. That's just from one deal. The big one is the bang deal. I'm sure, like I said. Tens of tens of thousands they stole from me, and I'm just one person. Then as the years go on, they probably get better at scamming. You know, they learn from their mistakes with us. They changed things, got better at it, got a lot more people. You know, God knows how much money they stole from everyone else. You know, like I said, I thought they went off the map until now, so...
0: So did you ever reach out to the brands or agencies directly to see if you could get a copy of the agreement or at least like have an understanding of like how much they were under the impression that they were paying you? I mean, you found out that 1800 or so from the speaker company. Any others?
1: So that was the only one I messaged. I thought about going to Bang, but I know they're under bankruptcy right now. So I was like, ah, that was the only one I went to was because that was the most recent one. And then they had messaged me on Instagram before. So I was like, all right, I know they're gonna respond. So that was the only one. And like I said, they had, yeah, confirmed that, you know, hey, we paid you this amount. If you didn't receive it, that means it didn't get to you. And then, you know, judging by the character and how we were approached by your managers and, on what one or two other people have said, it seems like the money's not reaching the talent, you know, and then obviously that W-9 confirmed how much they had actually paid me. I have confirmation of what I was actually paid and stuff, but I didn't think to ask of a brand contract because I'd never seen one. You know, I figured, I probably at the time figured like, you know, maybe this was just done through spoken text or email or something, in an agreement. And obviously, like I said, there would have to be anything over like a thousand is at least is going to have some sort of contract. I mean, hell, I've done contracts for like UCG stuff for 500, you know, and it's still writing saying you're agreeing to do this for this amount of price and stuff. So there's one floating around there, and I'd be very interested to see if my name, my signature was forged on there. Because it would have had to have the company, would have had to have the manager probably signature, but it would have had to have the talent signature on there and my name.
0: Your cat's making an appearance, by the way. He's adorable. Oh. <laughs> Sneaking up on me. I was like, hi, really? cute!" <laughs> Mine was trying to jump in my lap earlier. <laughs> this is some of the gray area that I feel like some agencies, now, especially given this story, are trying to sort out because there are instances in which talent agencies can sign on the behalf of their talent, the only way that that is supposed to be legal is if the talent signed what's called a power of attorney, which gives the agency or whoever they say the right to sign on their behalf. That's the only time that that's okay. And the thing is, is that everyone's trying to do these deals at scale. So like the agencies aren't, really going to ask for proof that this signature is like valid or whatever like they don't think that they need to do any due diligence they just take it and they have a signature and they move get the deliverables and they assume everything's on the up and up so it like could absolutely have been easy for them to just yeah. sign a name it could have exactly. even been their own name because they could have had this power of attorney privilege in somebody's eyes that could have been how they just dealt with these contracts
1: i know i didn't sign a power of attorney i'm 100 sure there was nothing in there saying hey we're allowed to sign documents on your behalf the only thing would have been you know we're going to procure deals on your behalf and then do that and like say you know whether or not they interpreted that as hey we're going to run everything ourselves because they're not the smartest people obviously they're they're pretty dumb and really didn't know how to run everything i think they started off thinking like you know hey we cannot do this influencer stuff joshie's never going to make it now because he literally got sued we know talent agencies make money we have contacts with brands let's do that and then after a couple months they're like oh man like Let's just take more money and see what happens. And let's do more and more. And oh man, we're getting away with it. No one's expecting of it. We're taking everything. And these dudes are clueless. Let's do more. Let's just get more people. And I think it went on and on and on until now the giant, you know, implosion of the whole thing. You see what happens now. But I'm sure that, you know, they did not know anything about a power of attorney at all. I'm sure they were just, you know, oh, we're just gonna get stuff on your behalf and ah, I'm just gonna forge a signature. Like, you know, he told me he wants to do the deal. So I'm assuming that's confirmation of that sort of thing, which obviously is not, I want to see the document, I want to sign it myself, but that's probably what they assumed, which is a bad assumption,
0: Totally, and so like, how else would you describe Josh, Ben? Like, did you get to know them at all? Like, do you know any sort of like personal things about them? I
1: don't. I'm gonna look through the old texts and see nothing crazy. There wasn't really anything personal. Like I said, I got to kind of know their like personalities a little bit, but I didn't know like any intimate details on them though. It was really much just, you know, like, hey, we can help you out a lot, you know, that sort of thing. That's kind of like how far the relationship went. And I just assumed that they had my back and they were looking out for me and stuff. But yeah, of, like personal de- like, you know, where they're from, what they did before, what they like, I don't I really don't know anything about that. They really didn't say anything. So like I said, I will 100% look through the old messages to see if like, like it has been over two years since they first made contact with me. So they very well, in the very beginning when they were naive about realizing how much they could scam people, they might have, you know, shared some stuff. Because from my understanding now, they do a lot of stuff through calling, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. I've heard a lot that it seems very intentional that oh. they're doing things like not written. Like they're doing things like just through calls that you can't track or trace or screenshot or anything like that.
1: As I think they learned their mistakes through us since we were the first people because they left a whole track record of evidence. So all I have to do is screenshot it. You know, I got screen- screenshots of the actual fraud of them threatening with legal action that they can't do. Like, you know, so I got, you know, between me and Steven. So I think after us, maybe a little bit after, maybe one or more, two people left, they were probably like, man, we need to kind of cover our tracks a little bit. Said they learned and got better at scamming and then got fairly proficient at it, it seems like.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you saw Nikkei's video that she just released her last one, which is like this roster. I mean, there's like dozens and dozens and dozens of people on the list.
1: At least over a hundred. It's a lot. There may be. I said it was me, Steven, and... I think I might have been one of the first and Steven came a little after because I remember him asking me about him and me being like, oh yeah, they're getting me deals. And he's like, okay, cool. So like, unfortunately, I think I brought him on because I was nice. I think I was probably one of the very first. And then between me and him, there may have been like one or two other people, but they definitely scaled up. Like I was shocked to see over a hundred. That's insane. You got to think the amount of money they probably got better at stealing money times 100 people per, you know, you blast out, hey, I can put 10 influencers on this one deal and collect a big old paycheck, all the money. And like I said, I guarantee a lot of them were like me. And I like I said, I'm still not crazy versed to know how these companies work just because I'm stuck here in Kansas. I'm away from all that stuff. So I'm still not, you know, seeing it all. But, you know, I know a lot of those people are just like me in the very beginning thinking, oh, oh, this person's going to get me deals. I've been waiting for this moment. I've been working hard and now I can make money off it. It's a cool thing to make, you know. I remember, like, the first deal, like I said, I was making $500. I'm like, man, I'm making these things for fun and now I got 500 bucks. Like, you know, I'm only making three grand a month in the Army. 500 bucks for sitting on my butt making a video? That seems pretty cool. You know, and you got to think you're, they were probably getting good deals. You know, they probably had a lot of those people on bang deals. A lot of money. So, They crushed a lot of those people and a lot of those people had no clue what stuff should have looked like. And the issue is that there's not many good talent agencies. There's really not. I've been through three others and the other three haven't been scammy or like, you know, they haven't been stealing money, but they're just bad. Like, and they were, you know, saying they couldn't get me deals. And then I'd be like, well, I just got like free on my own. You know, worth this much. Like if I can get deals, how are you in LA? Not You know, there's just not a lot of good, Town agency, I don't even know what right looks like, you know, from the town agency side. So you have a lot of it just not very transparent about what they're doing behind the scenes. Obviously, as I learned, as I was talking to other people, I learned that, you know, hey, if your manager is working through a management email, you should have access to that email. You should be able to see the conversations going between the companies. Like you have the right to access that, it's something I didn't know before, you know, and I guarantee a lot of people, if a manager's saying, hey, I'm going to take all the work off your hands. You just got to make videos, man. That sounds like something a manager should do. Right. That sounds good to me. So you have them preying on a lot of, you know, people that just don't know any better and then, you know, crushing them for it. Cause not only does it take all their money, it crushes the reputation with brands and stuff.
0: That's so- the other side of it, which you touched on earlier. That's another very consistent story that I've heard. And like, so the organization that I have Wim, like, we're, the other side of the coin. So it's all like people on the brand side, agency side, talent management, and the influencers are not part of that networking group. So those people's stories have been insane, like harassment, Like, like, like to the point that I can very comfortably say, I'm not exaggerating when I say they've been harassed. I've heard people who've had to block their calls And these are people who worked at TikTok itself. These are people who worked at brands, at agencies that he's supposed to be doing deals with that Mm -hmm. he's harassing them so much to work on a deal that it's like grossly inappropriate. And so many people, they felt conflicted because they don't want to feel inappropriate. They don't want to go, Hey, Nathan, like your manager kind of sucks. Like. Because they feel like awkward to do that. It's like telling your best friend that their boyfriend's cheating on him, you know, on her, you know, it's like, am I going to be that person? But to your point, I've heard very consistently, like the brands or the agencies on behalf of the brands were saying that like, it was like harassing that the amount of reach outs that they would have and how they would talk and treat these people and whatever. Like, so you heard similar, right?
1: once again that you know just straight from the company itself you know hey they're harassing us they're just awful to work with very degrading and stuff and just very aggressive and everything and then I'm thinking like obviously you could reach out to 50 companies and maybe get one brand deal you know you don't know what's going to come through so like I don't know who they all reach out for like in once again I do everything solo you know once again I don't have many contacts to brands and I've been thinking like you know, over the years, like, I don't have a small platform. Like, I got verified by myself. I have, you know, six and a half million. I've been, a, I'm a decently stable, like, people know who I am and stuff. And not once have I been contacted by TikTok. Not once haven't been given anything by them. Like, there's people with, like, a million getting cakes and stuff. I'm not, I'm not on any list. So I'm thinking, like, man, did they, you know, try to reach out for TikTok? And then did I get put on some, like, bad boy list on there? Like, am I on some, like, flag list because of them? Like, I don't know. So they could have very well crushed you know a lot of companies wanting to work with me and i would never know Except said i definitely know for sure the one because they told me like hey you know as long as you're under him we don't want to deal with him you know if you ever leave him you know we'd love to work with you because you like you and your content we just don't want to deal with the hassle and that sucks it's like man like you like me i'm the content i'm the person but you just don't want to deal with the manager so you're going to cut me off totally like i get it 100 i don't blame you but like That sucks, you know, it's like, that's just one company. And I know he acted that way and worse to every single company he ever tried to reach out to. And I said, I don't know if he's got contacts at TikTok, I don't even have a support email. I'm this big, I don't even have a support email just because I have no one to contact and I don't live in LA. So like, if my account gets banned, I'm kind of screwed. So like, if this dude has contacts at some big companies, man, he might have screwed my chances for ever working with them, which stinks
0: which is crazy. You work so hard to have somebody else screw up your chances. This is your livelihood. Like, that's crazy. My hope is that by like, getting your story out there, like people will know you have no association with them anymore. Like, you do good business. This was something that you were scammed with. And like, people will know that like you are a free agent, you know, and that you would love to work with great brands, right?
1: Like there's a lot of, I think a lot of good come from it. One is like, obviously it's to other small influencers or even just some my size or bigger as well. Like, hey, a lot of these agencies don't have your best interests at heart. A lot of them don't. There are some really scammy stuff. That's also, you know, message to like companies itself, you know, hey, like be kind of vet the people that are reaching out to you, have an actual email conversation, see how they operate and what they're doing and what they're like, so that you know they're not some scummy people. And also, to like, I'm not sure if there's could ever be some sort of regulation on you know talent agencies, I'm not sure how much you know regulation you want to have before it gets to be too much, you know, kind of that slippery slope, but you know, kind of like a warning because I know there, there's no way they're the only one, they're just the one that did the most and got busted for it. You know, there's no way that there's not more, so it's probably a message like, hey. If people are noticing now people are realizing that this stuff happens so if you're a agency doing this you know realize that you could fall under the same bus you know you could get busted and people are realizing kind of what goes on behind the scenes and hopefully it makes things more transparent forces these talent agencies to actually do better and also like simply people you know the influencers that are you know harmed by it you know kind of spreading them out giving them some sort of notoriety of like companies like hey here's some list of people who are actually good you know they've been crushed by this company you know work with them give them a chance that that sort of thing so I think there's a lot of yeah good that can come from kind of exposing what's actually been going on especially at the level that they were doing it to where it's real legal and federal charges and stuff like this isn't just a couple people getting upset and trying to Sue, it's like a big, big thing. So I'm hoping that a lot of good does come from it.
0: I think there will. No one will ever probably know, but in my estimation of how many people I've spoken with and at the scale that I think this is, we're talking hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars easily.
1: Yeah. I read something that was maybe ballpark 2 million. They've been doing it, you know, at least three years. It was like 130 people on the roster. That's just on the roster. That's not counting people who came and left and multiple deals, they're stupid, they're so dumb, but they also were good at scamming. They did get the contacts of these companies, you know, so if you're company to company, they probably did a fair amount of deals over the past three years. If they're taking 50% of it, most of my stuff, they were taking, it was them taking 80 and I was getting 20%, you know, so if they're doing that with every single person, I mean, they probably did get close to a million and a half, $2 million. You know,
0: At least that. Uh, I mean, really, like, if you really do the math.
1: You know, especially now, like, now brand deals are kind of more hard to come by, obviously, because, like, the market, but, like, brand deals kind of got ruined by companies. Like, a year and a half ago, two years ago, was prime time to where companies really didn't realize how much TikTok was worth to where they were paying a random person dancing, like, you know who had like a million followers, like 10 grand for a video dancing. And they just didn't understand. They're thinking a million people we're going to get so many sales. And they did that. And so many companies lost money by spending millions on the top people. I'm not put names, but like the top, top, top people in that top in group that have tens of tens of millions, they were getting paid, you know, a couple hundred grand and they were getting zero return. So, you know, these companies got smart and were are realizing that, Hey, you know, YouTube is where the brand money is really comes in, Instagram, but TikTok, the brand money doesn't really give us a good crazy return. So now, the past year, year and a half, the money that companies spit out for brand deals is exponentially lower than it was before. So, you know, I'm sure, like you said, the past couple of years, you know, when these companies were kind of, you know, also naive on what they could spend, these companies were probably spitting out money left and right to these guys, and they were taking that, taking it all, you know. So n- I know they made a ton, a ton of money. So it's crazy.
0: A ton. It is crazy. So it was like, what advice would you give yourself, you know, your former self like three years ago? Be like, oh my gosh, for like three years ago, Nathan, like you should have done XYZ and maybe could have avoided going through this. It,
1: I think I do it a lot better than I did before, but. If you're trying to make money off of it, it's a whole new concept. You gotta treat it like an actual business is what it is. Like, yeah, you're making videos. Yeah, I like, I love making videos. I have fun with it. That's the only reason I still do it because it's a nice little hobby and outlet and it just so happens that I've done it. Like I'm not special or anything. I just done it long enough and never stopped to where I was able to garner a following, you know? But like, you gotta treat it as a business and that comes with the deals, treating a contract because If you're kind of really going into just like, man, I'm just making videos and making some money and you're kind of treating it really like naively, just, you know, this is a nice little hobby that people are giving me money for. And I'm not really gonna take that part of it that serious. That's gonna leave the door open for you to get scammed versus, you know, say back then, if I had the know-how to be like, man, I'm starting to make money. Let me treat this as a legit business. I would be like, all right, what do businesses do? What do they need? Contracts, you know, how do businesses actually function? Let me bring that into the way that I'm running. You know, it's the same. Instead of a product, I'm just selling my videos and then I'm the CEO. So, what do I need to make sure everything's good? And if I was treating it, I think, as a serious business, I would have been able to catch things like, hey, this doesn't seem right, you know, on a business side. This seems kind of sketchy. Maybe I should look into it. Maybe I should ask a buddy. Who, you know, has done contracts like this before, if he has like a lawyer buddy who can just skim over, you know, read, make sure this sounds right. Cause if I did that, I guarantee they would have been like, yeah, this is a you know bunk contract. This makes no sense. You're getting crushed. Like ask them to rewrite it or or something like that. So I think you gotta, for most people, especially if you're doing it off of like a, a personality thing, having fun with the videos, there is an immature aspect side to it. You know, having fun, that's the whole reason people do it and that's how you make it engaging, but like at least on the business side where anything dealing with money, really treat it as a real business. Because like I said, if you're like me and you were naive, there's gonna be people that are gonna take advantage of it. People definitely do not have your best interests at heart and you really do gotta kind of fight for yourself because everyone's there to make money and they will make money off of you if they can find loopholes or find you know ways that you can be exploited and stuff, so could definitely take in and- business side serious because like I said, you could get in the same situation as us in all this, where you're realizing that, you know, man, like, but I think if I did things differently, one, I would have just had the money that I got stolen from me, but two, would have been able to, you know, maybe realize that this was bunk to begin with and not gone with them. And then maybe I would have had an actual decent talent agency come to me and I could have gone with them. And then maybe I would be in a totally position different position than I am now. Maybe having long-term contracts, have good connections and relationships with companies. Because I think I was with them for at least a year. Maybe that first year I was with them, you know, maybe kind of screwed me over and you know, kind of ruined a lot of relationships I could have with companies. So i I'll, I'll never know. It's treating it as a business and taking it serious with all the business aspects that come that come with it. So
0: yeah. And if you could like. Esame, what does your gut tell you, like, how much he might have taken from you? What do you think?
1: I'm going to say, like I so said, I know it was like 1200 from that one. It was probably a couple grand from the Manscaped. I did a lot of videos for that What Do You Mean company, and they paid pretty well, but he also took from that, so good, probably ten grand from that. The big one, I think. I know I did some couple small deals and stuff, but like, I know the big one is the bang one. Which more, like, the more I think about it, the more upset I get about it. It's because, like I said, I know talk with other people that they had the same same following as me. That they're like, man, you know, it's a lot of videos. It kind of ruins engagement a little bit because it's such a strict like what they want you to post. But I'm getting paid ninety grand for the year off of one sponsorship. You know, man, like I said. On the low end, lowest, lowest end, 60, 70, 80 grand is probably the thing that they agreed on for a year. And I was getting a couple hundred a month. So they probably stole at least 40, 50 grand from me, at least just from bang. That's a lot of money. So that I never saw the cherry on top was them sending me the W-9s with the full amount that I should have gotten and then make me pay taxes on it. Cause I didn't want to get hit with tax fraud. You know, I'm due all tax right? I have an accountant now, but I don't have an accountant then, so I don't have anyone to reach out. So I don't want to get in trouble with the IRS. I'm just going to pay the amount that they said I earned. So, so
0: looking to the future, you know, with more optimism, it's the end of the year and we're excited about 2023. Like, Who do you want to work with? Put it out there into the universe. Who do you want to be like knocking on your door and being like, hey, Nathan, like we would love to partner with you.
1: Just finished a one month deal with Gymshark and I want to work with them long-term. That'd be super cool. Cause like I said, I kind of do the lifestyle relationship and fitness stuff. I kind of do like a little bit of everything. So like on the fitness side, Gymshark for sure. I'm at the point now where like, I'm also not young. I'm I'm 25, like I said, just got engaged. Not everyone has this opportunity of like an influencer to where like, you know, it's a super high risk job, but it also is if you you can play your cards, right? A high reward for I'm thinking like, man, I could set myself up good for a family if I could have a long. So like really just any reputable brand that, you know, I would love just to have a solid connection with and work like for years and years. That way it's like a solid good income to where like I know like, hey, I can provide for a family. I'm not just trying to make money off of views. Like I want to like, you know, like I said, treat it as a business. I'm at the point and I've been doing it long enough and I have the following to where there should be brands kind of knocking on knocking on the door. But even just, I mean like, you know, a Gymshark, a, a Nike, like Under Armour, like any just big company that it would be super cool just to like see myself on there and be like, man, I made it, you know? D- didn't quit and I was able to able to make it. So that'd be that'd be super cool.
0: So we're going to list links to all your accounts and, you know, share with like our community and all about your account. And we have a ton of people in the community. They all work for brands. They all work for agencies and work for brands and stuff. And like, you're super deserving of awesome deals. And I know that I have a feeling that people will be reaching out. So... Yeah, I'm really happy for that. I will definitely keep in touch because there's a bunch of other journalists who are, like, writing stories about this. And if any of them are wanting to speak to you and, like, hear your story, is it okay if I connect you guys? Or,
1: yeah, like, feel free to send them all my way because if they're going to be writing articles and stuff, like more articles saying like, you know, with my name in it, you know, linking that way. It's like, hey, this dude's a, a good creator and stuff like that. That only helps me. It's obviously the double-edged where it's like, obviously like, you know, want to help myself out, but also like, man, I, I really want to see these guys kind of pay for what they did. Like I said, and it's bad enough to where, like I can only imagine. They did me bad enough and they were just starting off. And I can only imagine what they did to a lot of these other people. and really kind of honed in on being able to scan out. Like I said, I'm sure they got really good at it. They like said there was a lot more people that got crushed a lot more than me just because years down the road, they became so efficient at it and became just a business for them. So like, you know, the more they can get crushed and have those people get, you know, their kind of retribution and recognition and stuff, just so like have that out there as well. That just helps everyone.
0: Agree. There's like a reckoning that's definitely yeah. feels like it's happening. <laughs> we will continue to reach out to them to see what they have to say. I wish they would comment to I myself. Think,
1: but like Nikkei was saying, I can show you. I sent her the screenshots and I can send to you too. Like, you know, they're very aggressive on, you know, hey, you will be sued. You will owe us. They're telling me I would owe them all my money for the past three years. And I'm thinking, man, three years is coming up. You know, I haven't received a single thing. I would love for you to try to come after me. You know, i love to. I'm at the point where I just don't care. I physically don't think they can even try anything because they're so in the hole, but I would love for them to, and I have a big enough platform. I didn't stop posting. Like I have a big enough platform to where like anything controversial that I say is gonna get a lot of views. So they're just gonna get even more in the tank. So I think they know not to touch any of the bigger people. So I think a lot of those, you know, smaller people are the ones that are the most fresh, like the ones that are still on the roster and stuff. They're probably scared. I mean, I would be too. I mean, I was scared for like a month or two after I was getting those messages and then realized nothing was happening and just forgot about it. So, I mean, if I were them, you know, it makes sense why they'd be scared and maybe not wanna comment because they're thinking, man, these guys are telling me they're, you know, they have 10 employees now. They're all telling me they're just gonna send lawyers and stuff. Maybe they actually did get an in-house lawyer who's sending me documents granted they may be bunk documents but they don't know that so you know it makes sense why they're not really commenting on anything
0: absolutely and I think that like by you putting that message out there and just sharing your experience saying like I was scared too but I'm almost three years you're almost three years removed from this and no one's come after me and it was just a scam and a lot of bark and no bite and like (laughs) you have receipts to show that like you're in the right here. So it's insane to think that they would feel like they can threaten you and intimidate you when it's completely the reverse.
1: It makes sense too. Like so if they got to the point where they're doing everything through phone calls and they literally have no evidence, man, if these guys are on the phone telling them, saying like, hey, there's no evidence of anything. We will stick this on you. There's no way you're going to win in court. You will be in debt. You're going to pay us. Man, I'd be, i have been scared shitless, you know? I'm <laughs> like, especially by nothing to back it up. Like I said, I'm just glad that the dumb part of my brain that saw those kind of weird things was like, oh my God, this is crazy. I'm going to screenshot this because, you know, this may come in handy later or like, man, these guys are assholes. Let me click it so I can, you know, show, you know, Steven or something that they showed me or something like that. So like, so I'm glad I took screenshots because it seems like there is no physical evidence anymore.
0: Crazy. I give you credit. I hope you give yourself credit. Like, considering, like, that there are people who have been in contracts with him for years and might have, like, sensed that something was off but still stuck with them and are currently with them even. I think there are influencers who are currently still with them, yeah. still putting their heads in the sand, and even knowing what's going on. Like, to give yourself credit, like... Sure. You were inexperienced, but you pretty quickly figured it out and got yourself out of that situation. Yeah.
1: Once I realized that like I kind of figured out with something, but then after Steven told me what happened with him, then once I had the actual evidence, I was like, I'm not sure what I know what right looks like, but I know what wrong looks like. And I know stealing money is wrong. And you know, that's my I did. I was thinking about it for like a month, you know, because I was like, oh man, they're going to I'm not sure how this lawyer stuff works. I figured you could just, nice, that was my cat. <laughs> I figured they could just stick a lawyer on me and I'd be in legal fees and stuff. All these things, I did not know. So, you know, I'm glad that I just jumped and didn't look back. But well, it seems like a lot of them are, you know, too scared to now for good reasons.
0: A hundred percent. Well, I'm super grateful that you were sharing your story with our community. I'll keep you posted as we get this up to our community. My intention is probably to both post on our social accounts, like oh. maybe snippets of this, and then probably publish it as like a podcast because we okay. have this podcast, similar, be- just like Nikkei's. Yeah. Um, it'll be very similar to hers. And then I've been working like pretty hand in hand with Nikkei since we first connected like a month ago with all these reporters. And some of them, are having difficulty just like finding more influencers to chat with. Um, yeah. And of course, like we want this story to go live um, yeah. and get the word out there. Rightfully so. They're like, just the more people that we can cite and go on the record about their experience, it just makes the story more powerful, more credible.
1: I also have another buddy, not crazy close with them, but I'm friends with them on socials and stuff, named Stevo. He came in like six months. I know he came in like a couple months before I left. And I'm sure that they did stuff to him. I could contact him and then send you his stuff. Because it was still fresh enough to where I think there would have been some sort of physical evidence he would have had documents of to prove. So, could try to get him as well.
0: Anyone, any influencers or, you know, anyone involved that you know, if you want to share your experience, like, I can connect you with Jesse. And then after we speak, I can connect them with reporters who are covering the story as well. That would be awesome. I spoke with someone today. We were just talking earlier. She works for Adweek and she's really, really anxious to put out the story and was looking for like one or two more sources. So if it's cool, maybe I can like loop you guys in together in an email.
1: Yeah. Honestly, like I said, I send them all my way. So the more journalists and articles on this stuff, you know, if I could be a part of it all, I don't care. You know, send them. all my way so I'm an open book so
0: awesome my hope is that when people google the carter agency it just comes up of all these articles yeah. you know <laughs> yeah you
1: know, they to just get thrown under the rug like I said one or two people kind of got screwed over but the size it is the amount of money like you know people get to jail a long time for a couple hundred thousand dollars stolen we we're talking about millions and millions like you know potentially sure more tax fraud you know like I said, i'm no W-9s and, you know, forging stuff. That's some serious stuff that shouldn't just be, like, thrown under the rug and pretended like it never happened.
0: A thousand percent. I agree. I actually, like, when this haul first sort of came down, like, I have a, a friend who's, like, a great lawyer and, like, really focuses in the influencer space in particular. And I had her speak with Nikkei. And we know that, like, some other influencers are, like, supposedly, like, teaming up and, like, maybe, like, trying to sue him. And this lawyer as well. I'm like, I'm not a lawyer. So like speak with this woman, see what she says. Like we actually don't really think that's the best route to go. She actually brought up similar to what you said, which I think is the smarter way. She's like, if you like hire lawyers, you're going to be out of pocket tens of thousands of dollars trying to chase this elusive scammer. That's probably going to like pretty easily evade this and like know how to slip and slide outside. But-
1: I was going to what happens if you just commit bankruptcy? The chance of me actually getting the money and you know that sort of thing is so slim to none. I don't want to deal with like a giant legal hassle or you know anything. I would much rather get a story out there, have my name associated with positive light, to where brands could look at that and maybe like I said, the brand side. I guarantee there's a lot more upside, at least on the personal side of you defending something versus trying to squeeze you know some thousands out of some scammer you're gonna spend that amount in legal fees anyway
0: yeah i mean you can get a judgment against somebody but to actually get them to pay you that's a whole other thing and what she was saying which was interesting this lawyer she was like you know if you guys are right there's like allegations of like forgery and Absolutely, tax fraud, what you were saying. We have definitely talked about that. Anonymous people have already called the IRS on them yeah. about that, <laughs> by the way, to be like, you might want to look into these people's taxes. Like, I feel like there's something off there. So, that's already happened, which is great. There's like criminal stuff that's happening. Well, the state pays for that, you know, and those are more serious charges anyway. And she was like, if those are true, then people should just pool their resources to get proof of all of that. And that could be maybe the perhaps the better outcome not um,
1: the way to go, honestly. yeah,
0: agreed. So I really appreciate your time. It's been just nice chatting with you too. No, I- Let's obviously stay in touch if you could maybe look for the contract we were talking about, yeah. screenshots, too much is not too much.
1: Yeah. Like the was, stuff I sent Nikkei because yeah. the stuff I had was, yeah, the amount I got paid from that one company physically through PayPal, Now the actual W9, the screenshots through that company, through Instagram, Tell me all the stuff like that they, yes, paid me that much, how they were treated and stuff. I had those two screenshots from, right before I left from Joshi and Ben saying they were gonna sue me and all this stuff. So I can look through the email, see if I can access that contract and I can see what happens if I try to unblock them on my phone and see if there's old messages and stuff and just skim through and be like, "Oh, right, yeah, this is a bad one. This is a bad one, I can do that. So I can send you all and that. I
0: would- That would be amazing, just helpful. I would love to, like, even just if you can find his phone number, because we're just trying to track him down for a comment, I would absolutely just call him. You know, it's easier to not respond to an email. And then the last thing is if there's other influencers that you know of that have been represented, you could just give them my email and say like, hey, if you want to reach out, reach out. I'd love to speak with other people too.
1: We know the story's credible. But like I said, to get like wise and stuff, the more, the better, so.
0: Absolutely. And so I've been in touch with all the reporters. Like I said, the Fast Company article went live today, but we've been talking with BuzzFeed, Business Insider, Adweek, like Washington Post. Like, everybody. And so it's a really pivotal time because I think a lot of them are just anxious to have this go live. So I'll connect you today with the ad week person, yeah. and then I'll connect with the other journalists and see where they're at in the story and if they need more yeah. sources. I
1: send them all my name and contact or something like that. Like, so I don't mind doing a whole bunch of these and stuff. I know Stefan would be up for it as well. I know he hates burning passion. <laughs> x if he'd be up to it. Since we were like the first couple of people Obviously, I knew you came, you know, later, you have people from the beginning and at the end as well. So that's kind of like a good rounded group.
0: Agreed. Agreed. I will definitely be in touch. We'll keep in touch. We'll talk really soon. And thank absolutely. you again. Okay. No,
1: absolutely. Thank you.